We have a privilege this morning to hear from uh, a couple of missionaries that our church has, has, uh, has supported for years. Uh, many of you know him, um, know them well. And uh, just over the years that we've been here, uh, we've gotten to become good friends with them. And Barty and I have connected a few times on the phone and through internet and stuff. And, and I just really appreciate them as their, their character and their ministry as well. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Marty and Karen Lang. Uh, Karen's is the daughter, by the way, of the pastor, of Pastor Stan Love, who was here before me. So, uh, so you may know her from that and uh, other, other connections. So if you don't know them, I would encourage you to stay around this afternoon after the, after the service and get to know them. They are a delight to talk with, and uh, they love Jesus. And, um, and we want to invite Marty. Can you guys come on up? Or just Marty for now. Okay, just Marty. That's a timer. <clears throat> I have a lot that I could say, but I'm trying to narrow it down today. Well, it's a great privilege to be here with you this morning. Um, thank you for uh, your many, many years of support and praying for us and taking us in and feeding us meals and all that. Uh, for those of us, for those of you who might not know us that well, we are the Langs. Um, we're up there. Um, the Langs have grown in the past few years. My son is now almost six foot, well, I'm sure he's six foot one by now. He, is, he was so happy when he got taller than me. Um, and we've served with Wycliffe Bible Translators. I've served with Wycliffe for the last 31 years, and Karen's been with me in that for the last 28 years. And some of you may not know this, but we have made the decision that we're going to be leaving Wycliffe. Uh, actually, we've already left Wycliffe, and... Uh, the end of August is the end of our time with Wycliffe. Um, God has moved us uh, very clearly, uh, told us that it's time to go back home to Juneau, Alaska, and plug back in there um, as lay people. So pretty soon I'll be on your side of the pews and uh, enjoying watching other people up here. So... Yeah, let me just give you a quick family update. Um, as you can see up there, Nathan, the tallest one, he's 16 years old. He is also spending his summer with teen missions in Iceland. And so um, he's very happy. He's a cold weather person, and he's also very happy that we're going to be moving to Alaska. He's never really enjoyed Florida. Summer, our, our youngest daughter is in Alaska this summer working at an engineer with an engineer. And um, she has two more years of college. She's studying computer engineering. Kara is uh, at George Fox, and she'll be finishing her, her last semester um, this fall and graduating with her degree in cinematic arts with a specialty in audio sound design. She was kind of taken after her dad. And then last but not least is Heather, uh, next to me there in the picture, and Heather has decided she is from Florida. She is not moving. She loves Florida. She loves everything hot and beach and, and all of the parks and all of that that we have there. So just a quick update. And if you want an update on Karen, she's here, so you can just ask her. <laughs> anyway, so Tommy asked me to share this morning um, 
from, from our heart. And, and basically, Karen and I, as we've just, we've been driving across the country from Orlando for the last almost four weeks now. And um, as we're talking in the car, what do you say uh, at the end of 31 years of ministry? And so we kind of thought about it, and really, it came down to, to three things. And those three things are small steps, surrender, 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 and soli deo gloria. And uh, just want to share that this morning. Um, so the first one is small steps. The, the longer version of that is great things are done by taking small steps. When I was young, I wanted to do something big for God. I want to do something great for God. And, um, and there are some people, I mean, you think of Billy Graham. Billy Graham did, he did great things. He held big events worldwide. He was known. Um, I'm not known worldwide by many people. There are a few people, but God did not choose the path of doing big things with me. Um, he took me the path of taking small steps, small steps of obedience. And uh, so I want to share a little bit about that. Um, it's kind of like, um, let me change the picture here. The small steps concept is kind of like a puzzle. You've got lots and lots of pieces. And when they look like this, you have no idea what they look like, right? And the individual pieces, uh, when, you're, when you're looking at them, you really don't know how does this piece fit in with everything. But God says, it's okay. You don't have to know the big picture. I just want you to click these, this piece together with that piece. And I want you to click this next piece together. And then after a while, you finally begin to see, oh, this is what God has been doing. Um, so he's asked us to just be faithful and take those small steps. And so this morning, I want to tell you a couple of, a couple of stories because um, I love stories. Stories are what stick. And I'll tell you uh, small steps of obedience. Um, when we were in Cusco many, many years ago, um, I, I, did an, I did a workshop, and at 9 o'clock when we were supposed to start, no, it was 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock when we were supposed to start, there were only two people there. And I was kind of sitting there and saying, Lord, there's only two people here, and what am I doing here? And then 10 after, 10 after 8, and there were still two people, and I was like, okay, I'm starting to complain to the Lord. What's going on here? You know, two people? And the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, well, what if one of those two was Billy Graham? just getting started and I went ah, okay so I started the workshop and people kept drifting in so by nine o'clock we had 15 people there and uh, the last one to come was this young man named Luis Alberto and he just as we went through the course he, he stood out to me as significant he just had a knack and a, and a manner about him well it turns out that a while later, maybe a year later, um, God brought that young man into our life to train in audiovisual media so that he could promote God's word in the Quechua language. Now, Luis had a job at a grocery store, and he couldn't really quit that because his family depended on him bringing in that, the money. And so what we ended up having to do was at 7 o'clock at night when he finished working, he would hop on the bus, ride to our house, and then 
we just, I gave him training from 7.30, 8 o'clock at night until 10, 11, sometimes 12. And the kid came to our house starving, so Karen would cook him, you know, cook him something to eat. And, you know, at first it was just kind of like, okay, how, how far does this kid want to go? What are we going to do? Well, it turns out, uh, as time went on, this young man was extremely talented. He ended up producing audio dramas that are still being listened to today and, and, and drawing people into, into a relationship with Jesus. And he's made several videos. We actually showed one here years ago about the, 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 the alcoholic Quechua uh, man who was going out to his farm. And there's still, it's, it's been oh, 15 years or so, and they're still using that video um, very effectively to evangelize people in the, in the Andes Mountains of Peru. And that came just, just by being obedient and taking this kid in and working around his schedule and, and training him. And uh, God did great things through him and continues to do great things through the things that he produced. Um, another, let's see, where am I here? There we go. That's the right one. Another small thing um, that, that, that seemed very small to me uh, was, I don't know, many of you know, and some of you don't, that for the last eight years, I've been training people how to build scripture apps and also scripture-related apps for the smartphone. And I've been training trainers how to do that. And so as we've, as we've trained more and more people in Latin America, we've got people trained in Panama, Colombia, Peru, Guatemala, Mexico, um, some of the other countries as well. And as we've been training, I had this idea, why don't we set up a once a month meeting where everybody who's been trained can come and jump on Zoom. Now before COVID, nobody knew how to use Zoom, but COVID was actually a blessing in disguise in some ways. Um, because these Latin Americans that all want to sit in the same room can't. And they're in different countries, but they're all willing now to get on to, uh, to a Zoom meeting. And so one of the things, uh, I, I called the Zoom meeting, I organized it each month, and then I would pick kind of a theme to talk about. And one uh, week, or one month, we talked about graphics and how important they are um, in your program. Now, I didn't really know my, anything about graphics. I'm not a graphic artist. But we invited somebody to come in and talk about a project that they had done where they had actually hired a graphic artist to help them. And this was a new concept because in missions, we're all you know cheapskates and we don't hire anybody. We just do crummy graphics ourselves. And um, anyway, this guy had hired a graphic artist and we all looked at his app and went, wow, that's really amazing. Which then inspired someone else in the group to really consider how they were doing their applications. And they decided we need to really make our applications belong to the people group that we're working with. So let me change the slide here. So she and another gal in their organization decided they were really gonna, they were gonna go all in with this. And so what they did is when they would meet with the people group that they were developing their Bible app for, they would find out what are the colors, what are the textures, what, what houses do people live in? Um, what do people do? What do the men do? What do the women do? And they incorporated all of these images uh, and colors into the app. 
And so um, once they started doing that, let me look at my notes here. When they started doing that, um, she, their, their organization was going to record the New Testament in the Guaibo language. And when the Guaibos came in to, to the office, they, of course, you know, I don't know if you know this, but everybody in the world, even if they don't live where there's cell coverage, they all have a cell phone. Because it's not a phone, it's a media player. It plays videos, it plays audio, you know, all of that. So they came in, and she pulled out her phone, and she said, hey, I'd like you guys to look. We've been working on the Bible app in your language. We'd like it, and it's the one there on the, the left, the, New, the Nuevo Testamento Guaibo. So she opens that up, and the first thing that they see is that that one there is the icon, and down at the bottom is what comes up as the splash screen. And as soon as they all saw it, they just, their eyes were like this big, and they were like, that's us. Where, where did you get this? this? This is us. And then their next question, after she opened it up, is they said, can you, can you send that to me on WhatsApp? Can you, can you send that to me? And instantly, she sent it to the, to the, I think there were five of them, and within two minutes, they were WhatsApping that Bible app out to, to their language group was spread over Colombia and Venezuela, 24 hours by road in some of these places, and in seconds, the people on the other end were receiving the Bible on their phone for the first time, um, you know, paper copies. It would have take week, taken weeks to get them out there, and these guys instantly had it. And because when they opened it up, it looked like them. It was their colors and their, their, their it, yeah, it just looked like them. People began to engage with God's word. And that gave them even more motivation when they were there doing the recording because in the next version of the app, they married the text with the audio and the audio highlights, or the text highlights as the audio is being played back. And it gives people who don't read the opportunity to hear God's word and those who do read the opportunity to read God's word. And this happened not because we held a big crusade, but because we were holding a small meeting with just a few people and talking about topics. And what happened after that was then she came back and talked to the group two months later about that, and it lit everybody on fire, this building apps. And they've all decided that they're gonna, they're gonna invest time and energy in doing the graphics because what we want, we don't want just to have an app. We want people to enter into a relationship with Jesus and, and dig into God's word and, and listen to it and read it for themselves and have that relationship with Christ. So one little step, um, one little puzzle piece, and yet it is having an impact. Um, so how do we know what steps... Oh, wait. Yeah, how do we know what steps to take? Well, you all know this verse. Um, if you've got your Bibles, look at Psalm 119.105. You probably don't need to look at it because you probably all have it memorized. And it says this. Um, 105 is here. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So how do we know what steps to take? Well, let me tell you another little story on the side. Years and years ago, I was in Papua New Guinea, and I spent the weekend out at a village um, 
I had made friends when I dubbed the Jesus film in the Kamano language with a bunch of the Kamanos, and I would spend weekends out in their village. And one weekend, after it got dark, uh, they said, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting up in this other village. I was like, great. And they said, do you have a flashlight? I was like, no, I'm kind of a dope. I didn't bring a flashlight. They said, oh, that's okay. We've got one. So off we go. It's pitch black. There's no moon. And we're walking in the dark. And the guy in front had a flashlight. And he would flick it on for about one second, and then he'd turn it off because he was saving his battery. I mean, to us, you know, batteries are cheap, but to them, it was really expensive. So he'd flick the light on, shine it for a second, and he'd know about the next three or four steps to take. And all of us behind him were totally blind, but he was taking the steps and we were just falling, and then he'd flick it on again, flick it off, doot, 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 flick it on, flick it off. And we did that for 45 minutes, hiking over roots and up a hill and down a hill. And, um, I've never forgotten that experience because that brought this verse to light. Your word is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. God tends to only shine the next couple of steps or just the next step or just the void between this step and the next step and shine his light there. And so we need to be engaging with his word. So yeah, how do we, how do we know what step to take? Is be in God's word. God's word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. The other thing that we need to do, I'm going to turn this over here. I think that's causing feedback. Um, the other thing, how do, we, how do we know what we're supposed to do when God isn't saying, hey, go do this next thing? And it's we're supposed to just keep doing the thing that we're doing until God says, okay, it's time to make another step. I'm, I'm but we need, that, we need his word, we need to be in his word to see that when God says, okay, now turn right or turn left or keep going or stop, whatever it may be. And for us, we just recently did that. I, I said it, right? We're leaving Wycliffe and it's not because our support dried up and it's not because we got in a tiff with another missionary. Uh, it's, it, the reason is because God said, you're done. I was feeling finished. And now that you're done, I want you to go do this next thing. But it took sitting down and, and saying, okay, I feel like God's got me finished. Looking into his word, praying, setting a time aside to seek his face. And he said, yeah, it's time to, it's time to go. Time to move to the next one. So the second thing, when God gives you a new instruction, surrender, surrender, surrender. I learned that from, uh, we were studying, well, we were. When Nathan and, and Karen are doing homeschool, I'm always got my ear kind of inclined. Um, I've been getting another high school education uh, recently from my wife, uh, inadvertent, well, she doesn't know that, but they were reading Winston Churchill's speeches. And Winston Churchill, he was not a dynamic, fiery speaker. Um, he was drunk most of the time. Um, but he said, never give up, never give up, never give up. And so I'm borrowing that. When, when God tells us what to do, surrender, surrender, surrender. Have any of you ever gotten a word from the Lord that you're supposed to do something and you said, ooh, no, that's too hard, or I don't want to do that, and just openly rebelled? 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, okay, I see a few hands. You don't have to raise your hand, but you all know what I'm talking about. And then you get put off on that little loop track on the side where you're just kind of on hold, and it's really awful there. And then you finally come back and you bend the knee and say, okay, I surrender, I give up, I'll do it. Um, it's just easier to do it the first time. So rather than surrender, 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 just surrender. Um, God has a wilder imagination than you do. Um, I have done things in my life that I never, ever even imagined that I would do. And it's been such a blessing. And it's just because of following the Lord's leading. And when you do that, God takes you into amazing places. The Ephesians uh, chapter 3, um, let me look it up here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is in, at work within us. God wants you to let go of your dreams and your striving and submit to him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that simple. And when you do, when you finally submit, God's going to take you places that you couldn't have imagined. Um, yeah, I've been to Papua New Guinea. I, I actually got to see, I don't know why this is significant for me, but I was in a village and there was a palm tree and it had a hole about this big in it. And uh, it had been shot with a 50 millimeter cannon by an airplane in, in World War II. And here I was in the 90s looking at this tree that had a hole in it and I mean to me that was yeah that was an amazing experience um, Matthew 11 uh, verses 29 through 30 I, I want to read that 29 through 30 yeah Jesus says when he was talking to his disciples take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God wants you to let go and get yoked up with him and let him lead, and he will take you places that you could not have imagined. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That, that has always struck me when we walk in obedience. God says, okay, if you walk in obedience with me, yeah, we go through difficult times, and I'll tell you about one of those here in a second. But his, his burden is light, and he's with us even to the end of the age. God taught me a lesson about submission years ago. Um, actually, I'm going to skip over that due to time. Um, I want to tell you about Sandra, a gal that I work with. In, um, she's uh, in Colombia, and you guys have heard us talk about Diritos. Um, it's these little, it's these videos, it's Old Testament videos, and the, and the actors are fingers. Um, it's really amazing. And they're actually on Amazon Prime. If you type the word Diditos in there, you can, they used to be free. I don't know if they're free now, but you can watch Diditos on Amazon. Well, Sandra, this gal that I worked with, she, she had a burden. She had watched these. She knew the, the value of them. And she works with the indigenous people of Colombia. And she just had this burden. God was laying on her heart. I feel like 
God wants us Colombians to provide the Deditos videos for every minority language in our country. But her church was going through a difficult time. The church was in debt. Uh, the church was shrinking in size. There were all sorts of problems going on in the church. And she, she said, Lord, I can't go talk to the pastor about this. You know, it was a church of about 20,000 people. She's like, I, I, I can't talk to the pastor. I mean, I'm just me, and he's the pastor, and, you know, he's got other things on his mind. And the Lord said, no, I want you to go talk to him. So she asked for a meeting with the pastor, and she said, look, this is, this is a vision that God has given to me, and he's told me to share it with you. Now, I don't expect anything out of this, but she shared her heart. She said, I feel like the kids of Colombia, the indigenous kids, really should have deritos. And as the pastor listened, he said, you know what? You're absolutely right. We need, to have, we need to take this on as our project. And he called his staff together, and she shared the vision with the staff of the church. And people started pulling out their wallets and saying, well, I want to just give, you know, I want to figure out how to, how to give now. And graphic artists said, we want to give our time. And just all of a sudden, people were pouring resources into this. And so that church has taken on the charge of providing deditos for every language group in Colombia, and they've done four or five out of the 29 language groups in their country now. Um, yeah, just, just through God giving a vision and then saying, step out in obedience, and Sandra did that. But it came through submission to him, and these, these kind of things only happen when we lay our lives down to, in front of the Lord and say, I, I surrender, I give you my life. Now, I read that Ephesians passage, but I didn't read all of it. Um, what happens when we surrender? Okay, and that is, we, it says, now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is working within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And that's the solo Deo Gloria. Soli Deo Gloria. When we surrender to God, he gets the glory. Because what happens is he gives us something that's bigger than us. And we can't do it. When we, when we submit to God and we take on his yoke, God uses us to do greater things than we ever could have done. And what happens is when he does this, we look back and go, I was part of that. There's no way that I could have done that on my own. And there's, two, there's a temptation to go, well, yeah, I, I did that. And then watch out, because the Lord will say, well, actually, I did it, and I'm going to teach you a lesson here. Um, but when we look back, we go, wow, God did this amazing thing, and he let me have this little piece in it, and to him be the glory. Um, but sometimes God has to wring our desire for glory out of us. And, I and I'll tell you one more story. Um, I don't know if you guys, how many were here back in, oh goodness, that would have been the summer of 1998. Does anybody remember us coming in 1998? Karen got up in front and sang one word of a song and then just cried. Anybody remember that? No. It was significant to me. We had just, we were, we were in a very difficult time in ministry we were working uh, in a very small office, and we knew God wanted to grow this work, but there was, there was some impediments, and especially there was, a, there was a lady that Satan was using to just divide 
and we'd already watched her chase three or four people out of the organization. And one day we woke up and we realized the target was on me. And she, I don't know, I, I don't know the motivation. I think she was threatened. And she decided that she needed me out of the organization as well. And so for 18 months, this woman made it very, very difficult. And to the point where I quit every morning and every evening. And in the morning, I'd say, Lord, I don't want to go to work today. I quit. And he'd say, I'm not taking resignations this morning. Talk to me tonight. I'd get home from work and I'd say, Lord, I quit. He said, office is closed. You'll have to talk to me in the morning. And kind of went through that for 18 months. And the, the thing that bugged me the most was that this lady was more than happy to take credit for all of the things that I was doing in the office. And there were times, I remember one specifically, we were in a meeting, I mean, there was twice as many people as this, and they called her up on the front, and they, they recognized her for doing this thing. And I'm sitting in the back going, Lord, I did that. And the Lord said, who's, who's supposed to get the glory here? And I said, well, you are, but I did that. Well... We just kept going around that track over and over. And every time that I'd say, Lord, she's getting the credit. He's going, but to whom is the glory? Well, to you is the glory, but, but the credit is, he says, who cares about the credit? I want to be glorified. And so what, are you willing to work for me your entire career if she gets the credit for what you do. And I fought that and I fought that and I fought that and I finally, after 18 months of having my nose rubbed in it, I got up and I said, Lord, I don't care who gets the glory. I don't, I don't care who gets the credit. If I, if I have to work for this lady and she takes the credit for the rest of my life, so be it, as long as you get the glory. And then God did some amazing things and um, I didn't have to work with her anymore. Uh, we had someone come into our office who figured out what was going on and said, actually, to the lady, you're much better in this area, and Marty, you need to work over here, and I don't want you guys, you know, you, you just, just stay away. And so God, after learning that lesson about the glory is his, and the credit is whoever's he wants to give it to, um, I finally got off that track. Um, Anytime I was tempted to take credit for what, what God was doing, I was reminding, reminded of that experience. And so then as, we, as God moved us into Latin America, um, it was really fun because I knew better not to take the credit for what my students were doing. Um, you know, I was able to say, look at what Luis is doing. Look at what Eusebio is doing. These guys are the, these guys are the teachers I've gotten them up to this point, but they've actually learned more than me. And you need to, you need to listen to these guys. These guys are the experts. And uh, not daring to, to, to take any credit. And it's kind of weird to be talking about it here because it feels like I'm taking credit and I'm kind of going, okay, I'm, I'm not taking credit. Don't, please. Um, yeah, it, it, it does feel strange. So t three takeaways from 31 years in ministry is, is small steps, Surrender, and uh, Sole Deo Gloria. And so now we're moving on to our next ministry assignment, and that's to be lay people in Juneau, Alaska. 
And we don't really know what God's got in store for us there. Um, someone said, you're not letting your prayer team go, are you? Because you're going to go get a job with the state of Alaska and you're going to be working with heathens every day. And you're going to need prayer. So anyway, I'm recruiting prayer um, as we move to Alaska. And we, uh, Juneau can be a fairly liberal place. And uh, God loves liberals. God loves conservatives. Um, about this, well, pretty much the same, actually. So... Um, Anyway, I, I, my plan is to just go and love people and, and, and be us. I mean, we are kind of a beacon on a hill. You know, when you've served 31 years with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and then you go get a job, and they say, well, what did, what, 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 what did you do before this? Well, I was a missionary, and that either shuts conversation completely down or opens it wide up. Uh, but I know that the people who shut down are going to just be watching and watching. And so I'm going to be praying for opportunities to find ways to draw out their story so that I can tell them God's story. So we would appreciate your prayers. Thank you for your part in our lives over the last, well, since Stan was here. So I don't know how many years that is. We do math every day, but I'm not doing it this morning. So thank you for, for praying for us, for giving, so that, so that, we could do what we do and for your participation in that. I mean, the stories that I'm telling today have all happened due to your guys' participation in our ministry. And we just, what we're doing on this trip is we're stopping and we're thanking people who have been part of our ministry from the bottom of our heart. We just want to say thank you. We've so appreciated your partnership with us. And then to, to, um, to wrap up, I just want to give that charge of if you're wondering what you're supposed to be doing, dig into God's word. And if you don't hear anything, just keep doing it. Keep doing whatever you're doing here. And when he does tell you to shift or change or move or sell or buy or whatever it is, walk in obedience and you'll watch God do great things and then give him the glory for what he's done. Thank you very much.